Warning, the following podcast may contain language that some listeners may find offensive or confusing or intriguing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the 3v3 podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. Enough of this old-timey nonsense. There's there's an outdoor hockey game that may or may not happen tomorrow due to weather. That's already being deemed a classic before the puck even drops. You may have heard this one before, but uh, sometimes the NHL has a bit of a marking problem. How dare you? No. They attempt, so I, they attempt to brand something called the Winter Classic as classic before it's even been played. For shame. I mean, everything else has a, oh, I don't know, active or almost a verb-based title for big events. Well, March Madness is an adjective, but hey, that, that screams some energy. A classic sounds like a movie that gets replayed over and over again on AMC during January and February, and you fall asleep to it, even if it's good. Mm-hmm. And since, you know, the league uh, refuses to grow a pair and play on the same day as, I don't know, a football league or college football, um, how would you rebrand the game? I was going to go for something insulting, but I guess I won't. <laughs> well, after minimum minimum imagination league um, game. How well, ever- until they get a official toilet sponsor of the NHL, we cannot have the toilet bowl at a football stadium. Mm. New Which year, has to be played by the Her- Carolina Hurricanes until they rebrand. Because swirly bowl logo, you see. It's sad that that, was ha- that had to be explained, and yet I know that it had to be explained. New year, new money grab. Mm. They should just call it the HRR Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. New Jersey, not New Jersey, but a New Jersey. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not even down to, the, yeah, <laughs> except their jerseys just say Jersey, which is awesome. <laughs> They're playing in their Jersey jerseys which is just brilliant. Um, Not nearly as brilliant as the Canes wearing the red helmets with the white sweaters. That, my friends, is a stomping great look. Um, So I was actually having a discussion with a buddy about this uh, prior to us recording. He's kind of anti the red helmets. And I can decide with you, Patrick. It just looks better. um, You find... um, Pat, in 2023, don't be afraid to cut people out of your life who who are vampires, <laughs> who steal your emotional joy. We call those people vampires, okay? Psychic or emotional vampires, depending on what you want to call them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. New Fair year, enough. new you, Pat, okay? <laughs> but it, it led me to thinking, how many teams still wear red helmets besides uh, the Red Wings? Dear God, it is just them, isn't it? Mm, I think so. It was 
Carolina and them for the longest time. Um, I mean, Panthers. outside of, yeah, Panthers haven't done it. Ottawa's never done it. Colorado. First, yeah. Well, that's Burgundy. And well, even they then, they just did black. use those. Yeah. They should use Burgundy pants and helmets with the away sets, but save that for another time on Fashion Corner. The Habs have never done it. To the best oh. of my knowledge, they've only ever had the blue. But they should have worn them with, well, I guess the Expos never had a red batting helmet. Oh, but that would have looked nice with those uh, reverse retros. New Jersey is always worn black. Black or white? Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I, God damn it, I just did the hockey player thing. Yeah, no, <laughs> we, we had a great first period. Yeah, no, or, or, oh. I've done that all my life. Damn. God, it's stop just and so change that now. <laughs> ingrained into me. <clears throat> These look fantastic. Your friend is no longer your friend. I have I have deemed it as such, Pat. I am sorry. Yeah, uh, I think right. we just lost a listener. Oh uh, well, <laughs> to our <laughs> so we're back down to zero, which is okay. You know, damn it, we don't do this for you. We do it for us. That's um, why we've been doing this for almost four years, starting in a couple of weeks. Has it really been that long? Uh-huh. <laughs> I was going to make the announcement, like, I was trying to say if I wanted to do it before, because the day ends up falling in the middle of the week. So I was trying to say if I wanted to do it before or after. But yes, four years. Nice. Nice. God, excuse me while I pull out my Peter Brady. <laughs> Change! <laughs> Going through puberty in in my midlife. That's fun. Um, <clears throat> is that an AARP ad on my TV? Good God, they're targeting me everywhere. Um, <clears throat> it it's not just the hey, watch this. It's not just the jerseys that are a money grab. It's the tickets. It's all the swag, all the tchotchkes that go with it that you have to buy. You know, it's just a full on money grab they just should call it the hrr bull you know and it was the biggest mistake college football ever made was giving up new year's day because nobody was going to go nobody even if the nfl was in season i almost guarantee you nobody back in the late 80s was going to go up against bull sunday or right. bull new year's day right Nobody was. You you had to have monumental testicles to put on it because you had bowl games all flipping day and the title game that night. Mm-hmm. What was supposed to be the title game that night. Biggest mistake they ever made. Because it foist upon us the classic winter classic. <laughs> the not so classic winter classic? Yeah. Oh, no, it'll always be a classic because we all talk about them for years and years. And wait a minute. Hang on here. I'm being handed a note. Um, nobody remembers them except for the one. The f- Where it snow snowed. Game. Where it yeah. snowed. The snow globe game in Buffalo. Was that the was that heritage classic? The oh, the, ha- the Habs and the Oilers was like the the first heritage classic. And yeah. That and everybody the, only remembers that because of the toque. 
Right. And it was also an agreed upon no heading game because it was what like negative twenty C out there, and the ice was cracking. Um, yeah, and Jose Teodoro had to had to took on a. No, but the the penguins and the sabers in the snow globe at Ralph Wilson. So yeah, I remember that one. Anything after that, I'm like, okay, what's the next one you remember? The next outdoor game you remember, of any significance? Doesn't matter if it's a stadium or whatever. Probably had Chicago or Buffalo or Chicago or uh, Boston in it, huh? Not me. <laughs> Tahoe. Me. Yeah, exactly. Tahoe. And why do you remember Tahoe? Because it was Tahoe. Oh, because one one of the games delayed by like seven hours. But it was also the scenery too, right? Yeah, it was a nice one-off. Yeah, it was the gorgeous shot of the sun going down and them out, you know, on on an you know in an empty outdoor rink with that beautiful Tahoe on the shore of Lake Tahoe. Now, to the fans of the other teams that have appeared, to the fans of the other five teams that have appeared in every freaking outdoor game, (laughs) I apologize. I know they are significant and meaningful to you, and they are not meant for me. This is like the the All-Star game, right? These, These winter classic stadium games are not meant for me. They're meant for the fans of the teams who want to go see them in this weird environment and spend extra amounts of money to do so. Yeah, I only went to the game, uh, the outdoor game in San Francisco Bay Area, the 49ers Stadium one, because at the last minute, because a friend I knew, a um, guy that I blogged with for many years, um, who lived there, you know, texted me and was like, hey, I've got extra tickets. You want to go? Like last minute. And I'm like, sure, why not? I hadn't planned to go, didn't really think about it, wasn't on my radar, but somebody put tickets in front of my face and I was like, sure, I'll go. So (laughs) that's the only reason I went. How easy was it for you to actually watch the hockey game? So I was sitting in the upper deck and... um, Again, my one complaint about all of it is was the fact that it was the LA Kings and the San Jose Sharks, and the LA Kings had uh, their outdoor stadium uniform. The bottom half of it was all white. And so, yeah, it was not, yeah, that was not a good choice. And that's why I, I bitch about it every single time. <laughs> every single time some team, like, puts on, you know, a white uniform or off-white uniform or whatever is because of that particular outdoor game that I was at. Because literally you could see the top half of the LA Kings players, and that was about it. (laughs) It's like disembodied, like, tops of hockey players. Um, It just wasn't a pleasant viewing experience. Except for the five people that uh, Batman pulled that, you know, are his subordinates. Mm -hmm. The five people in the headquarters that Batman pulled, yeah. (laughs) Um, Hey, uh, boy, Connor McDavid's silly, isn't he? (laughs) You know, I, I have a bone to pick with one Zachary Hyman. Okay, now that Hanukkah's over, you feel fine to go back to attacking Zach. 
Did he really I'm, have I'm to kidding. tip that fourth goal in? Did did he really have to tip that in? Yes, he did. Zach needs his cookies. <sighs> I guess. Zach needs his. But cookies. come on, I, I was I was hoping for a hat trick. I, let's let's make let's juice up the fifty and fifty race. That's we don't we don't need any help juicing that up. He'll he'll get mad because he got shut out last night in Winnipeg, and then he'll blow someone up again. And yeah, but I don't want to see like three consecutive hat tricks because he can. Although, no, but that's a lie. I do want to see that. Thank you. What are you? I, I was. What the hell are you? I was about ready to cut you out of my life, New Year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see what Patrick's resolution is. <laughs> I, I like a little drama. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start. You know, she's, she's apparently had her time in the sun, but I'm gonna do that thing the lady on the Netflix show. You know, if it doesn't spark me, if it doesn't bring joy, man. I'm getting it out of my life. <laughs> but you know what does bring joy? A Derek Stepan goal. One nothing, Carolina Hurricanes. Twelve minutes into the second period. I'm betting that's not joyful for everybody involved, but um, okay. I want to give, let's give some love to the setup from Stefan Nosen. I mean, walking around the goalie and passing it through the crowd. Come on, the pass was beautiful. Um, you know what else doesn't? It's look like, like there is a a a place on NHL rosters for the quadruple A player. Hmm. Kind of, you know, there kind of is. Hmm. What do I always say? The top six gets you in. The bottom six gets you wins. Yep. Is in the playoffs. Those are the guys that that tend to play the same way that they play the regular season. And next thing you know, they've got that one grimy, greasy goal, or in Darren McCarty's case, the one highlight real goal. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know me, but. It's like I've said, you can either build your team to win regular season or you can build your team to win playoffs, but you can't do both. Sure you can. They were called the salary, the pre-salary cap era Detroit Red Wings. Who? Uh Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I was watching. I was watching uh, Colorado. (laughs) Who? Yeah, it was also called the pre-salary cap Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. Um, another thing that does not spark joy for me mm. is is a particular person with a, and I don't have a problem. It was just I'm picking on them because they picked on something. This is what's going to happen. Okay, I have a problem with a particular person going on with like a five pound, you know, cubic zirconia stud earring in his ear griping about how many Michigan attempts Team Canada made in the first period of a game and throwing the whole back-in-my-day crap. Well, back-in-my-day sunshine, broadcasters were not allowed. You Yeah, back-in-my-day broadcaster, you know, male broadcasters weren't allowed to, you know, go on set with a five-pound, you know, blingy disco ball in their ear. So let's back off the back-in-my-day, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm glad you played hockey. I'm glad you played in an era. I'm glad you made a professional career out of it. I applaud you. Not an easy thing to do, but give me a break. It's evolution, baby. I mean, heck, when I played sports, you weren't allowed to wear jewelry at all. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and to be a male on, and let's, you know, 
Not that I, not that I'm against wearing ties on television. Those who know know. But it, it, come on, you know, broadcasters, male broadcasters had to be dressed a certain way. You know, couldn't have like you know big huge sleeves of tattoos if you were covering golf. Right, because you're out there in a short sleeve. So, if, and this is a funny story. A well-known broadcaster is a friend of mine. Um, intentionally has full sleeve tattoos so that he will never be asked to do tennis or golf. <laughs> Strategy. <laughs> that was one of the reasons he gave me when we were talking about it, and I about died laughing. Strategy. I'm telling you. Because you have to wear, you know, they they expect you to be out there in like polo shirts and stuff, and they don't want you know people with full sleeves out there unless you're a former player. Then it's eclectic. Um, <clears throat> so yes, that was that just you know. So don't give me this back in my day crap. They did not lose because they Michigan. They lose. They lost because that team was 18 Rambo's. Everyone was doing it by themselves for that first game. So let's just shut up and move on. They're fine. <sighs> okay, and I uh, believe that was my rant for the day. Are you ready for one more? Oh, please do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what are your feelings about your favorite NHL coach, Patrick, potentially uh, working in the classic that isn't a classic, maybe on New Year's Day NHL outdoor game, Seattle versus Vegas next year? Peter DeBoer is not going to be the coach of the Kraken next year. Oh. But I'm bumped. <laughs> You're right. You're coach. right. <laughs> and, hey. However, he should be available to coach the Kraken. Oh, he, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you just really had to pull that ripcord on me, didn't you? I mean, <laughs> not the ripcord, but the, the little power cord, you know, when you pull the wind-up toy. He said, was, he said that he did ask if you're ready for another rant. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think he was aiming me at one. <laughs> nice, nice, uh, nice revenge grenade, Pat. Nice revenge <laughs> grenade. He did give you a warning before he launched it. Ah, but I didn't. He didn't say it was okay. He didn't say here catch. <laughs> um, I didn't say it was a dummy grenade either. No, so. you didn't. Well, you threw it at a dummy because I should have seen it. God, that guy. I swear to God. Just oh, absolutely useless in the in the state run media. You know, and the brainwashed calling me out was just hysterical. What do you expect? They're second in the division. Okay, that's like twelve games in. Come talk to me after, you know, we're about twenty five games. Oh hey, look. Guess who's not there anymore? You can't blame him for it. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> you sure about that one? They sure seem like a team that could yeah. use an offensive punch uh, in the next week or so. God, mm. they had someone available who had such skills that scored too bad. Too bad they're going to be in part. junior. Too bad they'll be back in junior, though. Oh yeah, and you know the justification is going to be Cassie. Mm. He's not lit up the the World Juniors. Right, he didn't dominate. Yeah. He didn't, you know, he couldn't keep on the line with Connor Bedard. Oh, give me a break. You know, he's not he's not challenging Jordan Eberle's record, which, by the way, good on Connor Bedard, but holy hell, TSN, let's pump the brakes. 
how about we make it very clear repeatedly that it's just the Canadian record because, you know, and they did the last game sit there and say, oh, well, you know, this is just the Canadian. You know, they started qualifying it. He's approaching the record. Well, the Canadian record. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Canadians, it uh, doesn't matter if it's not, you know, anyone else's record. It just matters if it's theirs. Well, it just matters for them. Me- yeah, and tell me about the Canadian record on Canadian home soil played between two different cities. I'm waiting for that for that stat to come out. Oh, the travel. Oh, gosh, look at all that travel, too. Two like, cities. Outside of, outside of, like, a team winning streak, <laughs> who cares about consecutive games with a fill-in-your-statistic-of-choice on the home or on the road? When, when did that become a thing? Baseball. Well, baseball's a little different. No, no. No. Broadcasters got to talk about something. Even though baseball has twice as many games as the NHL regular season? And we're not even talking about NHL at the moment? (laughs) Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. When the minutia stats became palatable, everyone was going to be doing the minutia stats. You know, hey, this guy hasn't had a great season, but he's 15-0 and against left-handed players who he's facing for the first time in an open-roof stadium <laughs> on the seventh day of the week when there's a full moon, you know? But here's the thing. That is fun because it's utterly ridiculous. So is it fun? here's what I need to know. Oh, yeah. For me, it is. Okay. Because, because there's minutia and... Mm, then there's ludic- being just ludicrous, just flat out ludicrous. Well, what I was going to say, it, it, it's almost like a potential whose line is it anyway game where <laughs> or someone has to argue for it against a certain stat. That's that's kind of what I wanted to have. It's we're gonna true or false. <laughs> true or false, this really happened. <laughs> the, the problem, I think the I think the fundamental problem that we're having here is the the stat I threw out is indicative of what they do with baseball, right? I mean, they even they even mock it in um in baseball. Well, um occasionally. God, now I can't think of the damn movie. Tom Berenger, Charlie Sheen, Wesley Snipes. What league do Major they league. play in? Major, thank you. Major League. You know, the 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 Bob Uecker character even mocks it in in Major League cuz that's that's the level of minutia that they get into. Hockey being hockey has no creativity, as we've all discovered, right? So they think they're coming up with something clever when really they're just being annoying. It's it's minimum effort, right? I mean, you know, and it trickles down from the league offices to the team offices to the coaching staff to the players where you're surrounded by an entire culture of minimum effort. And you think I, you ought to get patted on the back for it for some reason. Wow, you've just described every major corporation I've worked for. I know, me too. But <laughs> you, you missed you missed the inside joke there. No, I know. No, I got it. <laughs> Trust me, I use I use those products every day. <laughs> yeah. 
I've only ever worked for one, and boy, howdy, did I see that. Um, I don't even think it trickles down to the NHL, Cassie. I think trickle would, would involve some sort of force of motion at the at the top to even start it on its way. I like it just eventually seeps through there. Like rock, like water through rock. Exactly, <laughs> hydrogeology, you know. Hmm. Um, Connor McDavid is silly. Dave Hatzel. He's silly. You, you know my other favorite stat about his scoring, his consecutive game streak was, and I and I tweeted about it. Who had the record? You know who who was the big star of the consecutive game point streak, and everyone was going agog, thinking he was you know perpetually close to the big one. <laughs> Yeah, but oh my goodness, front page news. He had how many points during that 20-some-odd game streak, like 32? Connor Sounds McDavid. about right. Yeah, Connor McDavid had 35 and 17. So let's take a back seat here, Mitch. Congratulations on getting a point a game. And let's, <laughs> let's sit back and enjoy the silly. Just sit back and enjoy the silly. <laughs> Wait, so so Canadian announcers going off about Canadian records without spe- specifying that they're Canadian records, Team Canada, Toronto. I'm sure there's a connection there somehow, and I just can't quite put my finger on it. Uh, in fairness, let's call a spade a spade. Mark Spector doesn't know how to have joy in his life. Oh, dear God. So he doesn't know how to play up that story for McDavid. Mm. He doesn't know how to play up anything except clickbait. Um, even that, it's probably his uh, editors that have done that for him. No. No. I think I, this is one of those, I think he can do evil all by himself. Ah, got it. You see, why Cassie is, he doesn't work in Toronto, therefore he probably doesn't even have an editor, if we're being honest. Oh, uh, good point, good point. Mm-hmm. Ow. Ow. And, I'm not sure if that's to his benefit or detriment. You be well, the judge. It's, every, um, it's to everyone else's detriment or, yeah, it's, regardless. Yeah, it's to his benefit and to society's detriment. Let's just call it out. You know, and j'accuse. J'accuse. Um, God damn it, now I was going to say something else. Now I completely forgot what the hell it was. See what you do to me? You, you, you threw a Frickin' rant grenade at me and completely threw me off track. All right, so Connor, 32 goals in 38 games. He needs 18 and 12. So he does it by game, what, 43? Oh, dear God. 45. I think it's 45. Okay, so pulling up the Oilers' schedule now. This is like higher math. It hurts. 39, 40, 41. Guess who game 45's against? Toronto. Nope. Vancouver? Seattle. Seattle. Ah, okay. At home Even, or away? It doesn't matter. Unfortunately, it's it's in Edmonton. Mm. Cassie, Cassie, it doesn't matter. It's this. It's the same coach. 
No, no, no. That's not what I was talking to. I was oh. thinking more along the lines of whether you could get tickets or not. <laughs> I. Uh... If you wanted to, that is. Thank you. Thank you for throwing the qualifier in there. I will go if someone pays for me. I don't think I will be spending money on Kraken tickets. I am boy. No, I'm not boycotting him. I'm just not spending money on hockey tickets right now. <laughs> I'm going to free games, damn it. Uh, blah, 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 and then blah, 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 and then I was blah, blah, blahing, and then I was going to blah, blah, blah about something, blah, blah, blah. Dear yes. God. Oh, um, I will not stand for the Peter Forsberg shade of the international for the world junior scoring record all time. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you know, my favorite thing is though, when they, when they keep sort of correcting themselves and saying, well, Peter Forsberg has the all time, you know, at 31. However, he did score 10 of those in one game against Japan. Well, what the hell does it matter? Did he get 10 points in a hockey game? Does it matter who it was against? Did anyone else get 10 points in a hockey game, even against Japan? Then shut up. <laughs> your, your, your sort of negating of the argument holds no water to me. It, it's, it's akin to, you know, people that were griping, you know, Patrick Marlowe, I think, scored 40 goals one year. And then there was somebody who was like, well, there was four of them that were empty net. Who the cares? You got to be on the ice to score. And did anyone else go for empty netters for them? That? No, shut up then. <laughs> God. Daryl Sittler scored 10 goals in one game and we lost it. Or not 10 goals. Yeah, 10 who, goals who, game. who did he do it against? Doesn't matter. Who did he do it for is the more important thing. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, and my, okay, this was the other, th th this was the other silly stat. Five point games. McDavid has eight of them in his career. How long has he been in the league again? Since the dawn of time? I don't know. <laughs> it's all a blur. Time is a blur. Remember, it's like COVID broke it. Yeah. Eight five-point games. That's the definition of silly. I struggle to do that in, on, on Chelbra. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Did, did you hear my children yelling at you through the mic, Patrick? No. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to raise them right, and they... they oof. I... I yeah. I think their ears twitch whenever anyone says chill. Maybe Good. that's why they're so unruly. Good. At least they, I don't, I don't know if your children did it, but my five-year-old yeeted something at me and I'm still shook. Is that a correct, <laughs> is that correct phrasing that I just used? I'm, yes, yes. Uh, okay. I, I believe so. Okay. Okay. I'm not even, you know, don't call me a boomer. I'm a Gen X guy. No, I said an old. I, I know. I I'm just say... I'm correcting the listening audience. I'm not correcting you, Cassie. Okay. Anyone calls me a boomer, I'm going to shove them and kick them in the throat like we used to do at Woodstock 99. That's right. I'm Gen X. When we get pissed, we burn things. Okay. <laughs> Charge me four bucks for bottled water back in 1999. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sorry. They had to acquire everything directly from the Turning Stone Casino because that was the only thing around. 
Uh-huh. Upstate New York humor, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I feel like Captain America. I got that reference. <laughs> Flying monkeys. I understood that reference. Um, it was at my cousin's house at the time, which was just a, a few miles away, so I could hear some of the some of the festivities. Uh, so. uh, wait, some of the music or some of the festivities? Because they were two different things. <laughs> the festivities. Okay. So stuff that was blowing up and exploding. You are correct, sir. Was there a was there a lovely glow on the horizon <laughs> that evening? A steady one, <laughs> lovely steady glow. A steady, a steady sort of flickering glow on the horizon, nowhere near where the sun would normally set. <laughs> oh, Mackenzie Blackwood with a with a son-in-law clearance, right? Uh, oh, that was a beautiful pass to Aho. It Love really was. Maybe he should label his blocker and his glove so he knows what to do with each of those I'm... in these moments. Maybe even a stick. I am going to walk away from <laughs> many, many politically charged jokes at this point. Probably Regarding one Mackenzie Blackwood, I do believe it's for the best. Mm -hmm. um, bloop. Bleep, blop, eep, op, or ah, ah. Um, Should we mention that that was a shorthanded um, uh, assist here? It was, it was a shorthanded assist to Sebastian. Ah, for a power goal. I'm not calling it shorthanded anymore. No, a power kill. Oh, penalty kill. And since it was a power kill goal, should the penalty be killed? See, that's the discussion that keeps bounding around, and I am of two minds. Fill your boots. It should be a major, or it should be a two-minute major. You're in there for two minutes. Fill your boots. Because, good God, what Edmund. Actually, no. Nobody would allow it because Edmonton would just absolutely decimate because it'd be like the Habs again, which created the rule that says when they score, the player comes out of the box because they had an unfair advantage. In, in speaking of Edmonton, a little more specifically. Boost, they want to boost scoring, though. I know. Um, all they have to do is let um, the young kids into the league. That's all they need to do. It's not a... This isn't an indictment on NHL goaltending. It's just that all the players are fast. Zone defense is a thing of the past. Goalies have to move more than they did early early two thousands. Yeah, I love I love the people who are who uh, get upset because of what was it? What Montreal? It was a nine one game. Is that the score? The one where Patrick Waugh did it. No, Patrick no, the Waugh. more recent one. Oh. <laughs> Oh, where you have to be specific. 9 2. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, people want scoring up, right? And then, um, and then you get games like that, and people are like, well, what happened to the defense? And yet, in other games, people are like, we don't need defense. It doesn't matter until your team gets shelled. 
Have you noticed that? <laughs> you know, Cassie, I've said this for ages. People don't know what the hell they want. No, they just somebody says they want to see more scoring, and you know, somebody in the media or somebody of prominence says they want to see more scoring, then everyone just tacks onto it. Yeah, we want to see more scoring. And then when scoring goes up, people are like, these goaltenders suck. These defense, you know, these defenders suck. We need to tighten everything down. Things get tightened down and we need to see more scoring. And you know, it's like, shut the hell up. No, it's not that they don't know what they want is that they don't know. They don't think about how the game is played. <laughs> they don't understand they, the law of unintended consequences. <laughs> yes, there's that too. You know, it's it's the it's the um, scoring is fun. People get up, you know, out of their seats when teams start scoring. So we need more scoring, without thinking about the ramifications of what they're actually discussing. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like, um, yeah, but if you get more story, scoring, that means you're going to get more unbalanced like scores and teams are going to get blown out and bad teams are going to get blown out regularly and 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 then the nhl is all like oh we have to look like everything is fair they don't care if it's actually fair it has to look like it's fair and you know of course the the argument for that is has always been the how the how they call penalties right it's like oh well this one team got five penalties in the first two periods and the other team only got two. So they're going to even that up by the end of the game kind of crap that they shouldn't be doing, but they do anyway, which is actually unless fixing the game. Unless you subscribe to Daryl Sutter's <laughs> newsletter. Unless you subscribe to his newsletter. <laughs> he writes it on parchment paper. Are you saying they're in the... Hey, 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 hey. Let's step back off, off Sutter. Daryl... Daryl is not that antiquated. No, but he seems like a gentleman who has good handwriting. I'm sure he does. <laughs> oh, that matters now. <laughs> People no, have. But I'm yeah, sure okay, it does. I think so. So, okay, Pat. Yes. Your, your ideal score for a hockey game, for what you would consider to be an enjoyable hockey game. Five three. Cassie. Three two. Yesterday, we had a 4-3, Okay. <laughs> Those are all reasonable scores. I'm going to throw, yes. throw out the high and the low. We'll, you know, we'll throw out the, the Russian judge and the, and the West German judge. And by far and away, the single most entertaining game yesterday that I saw was Boston and Buffalo. That game was end-to-end. And it ended 4-3 in overtime. It ended in overtime. No shootout. No shoot out It was end-to-end. It included a last-second goal to tie the game by the Buffalo Sabres. You had... Fistima cuffs, you had spectacular saves and all of that kind of stuff. That is a perfect hockey game. You know what else was a really good hockey game? The Oilers and the Jets that ended 2-1 because it was end-to-end. It was chaos. Last second, not last second, but you had late goals and blah, blah, blah. So scoring does not equate fun, people. Scoring equates scoring. The potential for scoring correct equates fun. 
if a goalie makes a bunch of 10 bell saves, but he has to do it four, five, six, seven times in a row, you know, back in the low scoring, at least Dominic Hasek made it look entertaining. You God, know, because yeah, every move, every save that he made looked like a damn yard sale by the time he was done. Patrick Waugh made it look entertaining. Yeah, I wouldn't say he made it look entertaining. <laughs> well, uh, he, as, he had as, a few gaps in there, so it as, as much as I am, a Patrick Waugh is greater than Martin Brodeur. Hello, three con Smythe trophies. Shut up. Game over. <laughs> Nobody's won more than two, so let's just park that. As much as I am a Patrick Waugh simp, he ruined the game for the next generation by being so studious and making a butterfly. He made it entertaining because he was an arrogant SOB and the Thomas Sandstrom wink will go down in history as one of the greatest gotcha gotchas, as well as gaff filled as the Statue of Liberty play in Brendan Shanahan's comments afterwards. And the Jeremy Roenick come back with the Stanley Cups in his ears oh, thing. Oh, God. I can't hear anything Jeremy says because I got my two Stanley Cup ring in my ear. Oh, <laughs> the clapback was beautiful. Um, he was not an entertaining goaltender to watch play. Hmm. He was entertaining between the whistles, <laughs> generally. Oh, yeah. The okay. inverse whistles. So as a maybe soon to be a retired member of the goalie union. I, I did enjoy Wah well, watching him. Sound. He was technically sound, but it was never. There was always action around him, which made for the fun between whistles, because let's be honest, that was the best part. Yeah. He, he was a modern Billy Smith to some degree without, without the hacking and whacking. You know, I'm honestly kind of surprised that the, the Canadian media didn't have more of a problem with him because he really tried to make the game about himself. And you know how the Canadian media in particular thinks that's one of the gravest hockey sins ever. He received... But he won early. That's yeah, exactly right. That's, he he yeah. received complete and utter immunity in 1986 as a rookie. Yeah. Winning a, winning a Stanley Cup and a Conn Smythe. That was immunity. If you can win a game, or if you can win the Stanley Cup, that forgives all kinds of sins. Mm, kind of. If you can do it well, as a goaltender. Ask and Tom Barrasso. Tom Barrasso? <laughs> uh, the, uh, the defense rests. Right. He did it as a rookie, Cassie. Mm -hmm. As a goaltender. In Montreal. That is that is like the trifecta of of Captain America level unobtainium shield wrapped around his entire body for at least twenty to thirty years. The only thing that would top that is a rookie Stanley Cup winner, Con Smythe winner in Toronto. Tim Thomas if he was the backstop of the Toronto Maple Leafs and they won in 2011, Tim Thomas could Dustin Bufflin himself, Theo Fleury himself, show, it wouldn't matter to anyone. 
because he won the Stanley Cup as a rookie, won the Conn Smythe in Toronto. Now, Patrick Wad did it once, and they said, oh, he's greatest, uh, you know, greatest Montreal goaltender ever. And Ken Dryden's over there going, uh, hi. George Vezina's going, hello. No, no, he's the greatest goaltender ever. Then he did it, and when he did it again in 93, that just, he then got adamantium skeleton. He became Captain Wolverine, you know? Because mm-hmm. that was a team that wasn't supposed to go anywhere, by the way. And yet, in 1995, they decided to send them all somewhere else. God, I hate <laughs> franchise. Oh, dear God, that franchise. Can someone explain to me why the head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins looks like Joe, like J. Jonah Jameson right now? What the hell is with the mustache? Oh, they, uh, let me think about this for a second. Um, so they had a, um, a string of games at the end of November and, um, the, the coaching staff made a bet with the players that if they won all the games, they would keep the mustache for, it was supposed to, I think supposed to be for December, but I, so I don't know why it's still there today. Cause there has been a wheel to get that bet. Are you? Or are they just really, really, you know, reminiscing about the Dan Biles in the days? Dude, I'm just glad that Crosby shaved his because that was not a good look on him. Oh, he looked creepy. I mean, <laughs> creepy. That, thank you, Cassie. You just reminded me of the other thing I was going to bring up. Um, as some of you may remember, the most uncomfortable conversation I ever had in public was our Crosby Love Fest a few weeks ago. <laughs> I'm here to say again, I'm sad to say I have to do it again. Uh-oh. The Jeremy Swayman Sidney Crosby ad promoting the money grab bowl is actually pretty good. The first chirp out of Swayman's mouth is they still call you the kid. Aren't you a little old for that? And his clapback was as he as he scored on him. You gotta re, you gotta learn to respect your elder son, and I was just like, okay, okay, you know. And they're going back and forth, and they're like, hey, I got an idea. Let's take it outside, you know. The, eventually to the to the HRR bowl, but uh, him allowing that that aren't you a little old to be called the kid line, you know, and then him clapping back on it was sort of like. And he did it all with a smile on his face, Cassie, which I'm just like, I, I'm, I'm so goddamn conflicted right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you got to give it to him. He's got a sense of humor about himself, which, you know, is sort of unexpected if since he kind of tried hiding that for many years. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you can respect people who can laugh at themselves, and that's fine. Uh, just, just like, dear God, why stop? being likable you damn human <laughs> just stop you're hurting me no that's that's me with that's me with boston i've i have accepted that i like sydney crosby it took me a long time to get here it it took a couple of years but i have now accepted that i actually like and respect sydney crosby and that's that's i am okay with that <laughs> But Boston, on the other hand, I'm still not okay with. 
but here's here's the only positive thing I will say about Boston. They single-handedly had one of the best promo commercials involving a player ever. All you needed to know was Philip J. Kessel was your hero. This has been the 3B3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3B3 Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.